Hello, folks. It is episode 55. Uh, no, no. Wow. How do you fuck that up seven seconds in, bud? It is episode 56 of Joey Hates Everything. We're at we're at 56 episodes now. This is more than uh, more than most of our listeners have ever accomplished in their lives, and that is okay. Um, we are okay with that. The fact that I am a celebrity and a winner and the people who I call them my disciples, the people who listen to this podcast are losers uh, with absolutely no fame. So that's uh, thank you for coming along. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's a morning episode, which just I don't like it. It feels weird. I don't like change because I am likely on the spectrum. Um, but I have <clears throat> been trying to do an episode the past couple nights and, um, you know, just busy with all the things I have going on, the, you know, the, the people who depend on me and those types of things. Um, yeah, we are experiencing a, a fat Joey month. And if you are new to the show, or maybe you are not familiar with this side of the show, I have the type of body that fluctuates. Uh, every one to two months between looking like Christ on the cross, just absolutely cut and some small muscles versus a uh, chubby alcoholic from Pennsylvania. Right now, I look like what I looked like when I left Pennsylvania, and that is absolutely a problem. Um, just, yeah, adult acne uh, comes out when I have sugar. And this past couple of weeks, it's been a lot of ice cream. Um, that's the, that's a true sign that you are perhaps not an adult yet. If you can't control yourself eating ice cream, I've had three of those small containers of Ben and Jerry's in the past week. And for me, buying, buying candy or buying ice cream, it's, it's basically a less expensive version of buying drugs. I would rather not have the candy if you're only offering me one piece of candy. If it's just going to be a bite-sized Baby Ruth or, or whatever it's called, I'm not. If it's going to be a bite-sized Snickers, I don't want any. I don't want it. All one piece of candy does, or one bite of ice cream, one small donut, uh, half a piece of cake, all that's going to do is make my mouth taste bad and make me feel sick. It would be like taking one bump of Coke or, you know, those people who just, they're like, ah, I only, I, you know, I'll have a beer right before I go to bed. Fuck you. I don't, I don't enjoy doing things unless I can do them all the way. I don't want my mouth to taste like chocolate that I ate an hour ago unless I can fully indulge in the chocolate to the point that I do not want anymore. Do you understand? I don't want a donut. I want three of them and then to do nothing for the rest of the day. That's addict behavior. And I don't, uh, I don't condone acting that way, but at the same time, you know me, I just, I like to keep it, uh, like to keep it 100 with you guys. So it's been a fat Joey month, a uh, lot, <clears throat> lot of ice cream, which has result, which has resulted in some pimples on my face, which is horrible. Uh, it's not, it's not terrible. It's one or two on the forehead, or maybe I had one on my cheek the last week. Isn't that the fucking worst when you get one right next to like where your nostril sort of goes to the side a little bit, like the 
farthest outside of your nose, right where your nostrils are, if you get one right there and it just looks like a disgusting mole, everybody knew a kid like that growing up. There was a kid that I grew up with um, that had a gigantic mole there and he was so uncomfortable about it. Uh, so upset about it. I think he got it removed once he turned 18, which, you know, tough life, tough. I, I already have so much, uh, so many confidence issues that if I had a, just a giant mole right there sitting on my upper lip, I probably would be one of these people who uh, just play Xbox Live for 15 hours a day and are basically already in virtually virtual reality. Um, I think that by the time I turn 50, about 50% of people will be living their lives almost entirely in a video game. I, there probably will be points where j just ugly people, people in general that just don't enjoy being outside will probably own a home and uh, pay taxes and have, have a, a legitimate source of employment on Roblox. I could see that. I could see, I could see multiple family members uh, having that. Um, speaking of adult acne, holy shit, Justin Herbert just found out he had a, he has torn cartilage in his ribs. Now, if you didn't watch the Monday night football game with the Chiefs and Chargers, Justin Herbert just, just took like helmets, shoulder pads. And I think he was even need once in, in the, um, in the rib area. And it just makes me laugh. Like I got hurt in yet another fight, uh, at work this week and my pinky is injured. And I straight up, I started panicking and thinking it was broken immediately called my manager and told her I wasn't doing anything the next few days. I would never last in a job. I can't believe I'm lasting in this one. Basically, it's it's like a numbers game. So if I get enough stuff back from these junkies, then I just don't have to do anything the next day. And that's what I think is keeping me in it. If I had to play in the NFL, I swear to God, the first time I was hit, even if I was one of these quarterbacks that's making millions of dollars, I would find a way to get out of it. I would have a homeless man cough in my mouth to give me uh, the new form of COVID, which, which we all know is going to uh, beat out the boosters and, uh, and take over the world and start killing people in their 20s that are athletic like me. That's what we've been hearing the whole time. And now there's another one out and there's no way they can be wrong five times in a row. There's just no way. Wow. Seven minutes in, we're already all over the place here. Um, I was talking about Pennsylvania earlier. I think I might be talking about fat Pennsylvania Joey. Man, real thug. I just had this long stringy hair and I was trying to grow out my facial hair. Uh, and I, I really looked like a piece of shit. Like I really blended in there. It looked like I was buying a hamburger at seven in the morning from, from, I was going to say Wawa, but I was a Pittsburgh guy. So sheets, we don't have Wawa in that part. Can't, I, I can't afford it or something. Uh, we would go to sheets at the end of my shift every morning and I would get beer for the next night as well as a double stack 7 a.m. burger with steak on it. Gonna die at 52. Gonna be dead at 52 from heart problems. 
um, Adderall, nicotine, marijuana, alcohol, and then the years of Pennsylvania grease that I have put into my body will result in the death of me. And I have come to terms with that. But yeah, football, I feel like I've already done like four topics already. I was about to go into our first story, but I got to talk about goddamn football for a second. This is going to be the best year of the NFL ever. And I know that people who are not into football are probably about to be like, I'm going to skip this part. Just hold on a second. Okay, just hold on a second. Because if you don't like football, I I promise you I can get you into it. All you need is one Xanax and a free Sunday afternoon. I would recommend not doing this if you have a Xanax problem. Like I have a Xanax problem. It turns me into a devil person uh, who makes very bad decisions and hurts the ones that that he loves. So for me, uh, I have other methods. But if you are someone who can take a Xanax and just have a fun little afternoon and maybe the worst thing that you do is for is, uh, I don't know, forget to take the laundry and put it in the dryer. Maybe you just forget some things instead of, uh, you know, stealing from your friends and uh, texting people uh, really, really mean things. So maybe you do that and you can enjoy Xanax. Just take one and uh, lay on your couch for an entire afternoon. Pick a team that doesn't have a history of ripping your heart out and shitting on it and putting it back into you in hopes that maybe it'll work out next year. Pick somebody like I don't know, like the Rams, or if you want to pick an underdog, pick the Chargers, who just had a man with adult acne, still very attractive, very still a hot guy, and has adult acne. So by the time this dude is thirty and has enough money to uh, you know get that taken care of, or I would say maybe he's beaten it at, at that point, but the man is twenty four years old and still has acne like a sixteen year old boy. That being said, a much tougher guy than me broke a uh, torn rib cartilage and played literally seven minutes of football, zipping it downfield. Now, that person, that that man, Justin Herbert, uh, makes less money than someone named Kirk Cousins, who threw four interceptions while I wore my color rush jersey at the local dive bar. That was tough. I don't want to admit this. I don't want to admit this, but it did happen. I was next to a family of drunk Eagles fans, which if you ask me, I don't even have to be in that situation to most of the time be like, if I heard that, uh, drone strike the bar. Drone strike the bar. I'll treat it like I am the American government, and I don't care if there's just one terrorist, which in this metaphor is an Eagles fan surrounded by a wedding full of Vikings fans, bomb the bar. Boom. But these guys were actually uh, very, very nice. They didn't talk shit. In fact, they were so drunk. They did that shit at the end where they came up. And the the mom, I was going to say tried to hug me, but I'm too much of a cuck to say no to that sort of situation. If it was maybe, if it was like a drunk, sweaty dude, who was being a little bit of an asshole, I feel like I could be like, dude, get the fuck away from me. But when it's somebody's grandma who is drinking clearly because their life is pain, no one's grandma goes to a dive bar and drinks. Okay, I'm going to defend myself in this situation. Maybe I didn't cuck out. Maybe I I definitely should have given this lady a hug. And I did. 
uh, she walked up at, at the end and was like, thank you. And she's with her daughter and her, I don't know, her drunk son-in-law. And they're like, thank you for being a good sport. Thank you. And, you know, it's just, it's just sports. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I, oh, I want to assault these people. I want to, not because they were Eagles fans. It was because it's almost like if you got your ass kicked by someone and they were just joking about it and didn't care uh, when you saw them again in the next couple of weeks. Like, you know that there's nothing you can do or say here because you just got your face fucked in on Monday Night Football on national television and the best wide receiver in the NFL was shut down against a mediocre defense and your quarterback who you pay all of the money to through four interceptions that looked like ducks that had been shot out of the air. So there was nothing I could say. But at the same time, it was it was infuriating. Um, the guy next to me ended up being a Packers fan the whole time, which I, I think I may have just had a three-hour-long stroke. I don't even think I went to the bar because – and I thought about not even telling this story because I, I goddamn – I want you to understand this. If you are a Packers fan or an Eagles fan, I hate you. Or a Saints fan or maybe even a Cowboys fan, I hate you and I wish a bone disease on your first child. (laughs) One of of the people listening to this, it's going to be one person who's like a Broncos fan and they're like, but you said the thing! I fucking hate your show! Um... No, not really. But And there are Packers fans who I love uh, to death. But I feel like a racist in the maybe like the early 40s who lived in New Orleans and they're just he maybe he has to work with a black guy. And at first he's just, well, I don't want him near me. I don't want him getting that that split sweat on me. I don't want it. And that's my right. And that's how I feel as a person from Minnesota having to constantly be around people that are transplants from other states. I don't want to. And and you know what? That's my God-given right. Um, but then I have to be like, like I, I work with them or I sit at the bar with them and over the course of time, I'm just like, ah, they're not so bad. Ah, I guess this is one of the good ones. Um, said so I was only going to talk about it for a second and then it went into a nine-minute thing. Sorry. Uh, we were talking about Pennsylvania a second ago. Let me read you a story that gives me, it just makes me a little bit homesick. Here's a uh, story from the Daily Beast. Here's the headline. PA man, hit man, gets life behind bar at bars after gunning down six, including two tow truck drivers. A 42-year-old man in Philadelphia will spend the rest of his life in prison after admitting his role in murdering six people between 2016 and 2018 and attempting to kill one more, uh, who was a Pennsylvania prosecutor on Wednesday. Ernest Presley, 42, pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to murder for hire and four counts of using interstate commerce facilities in the commission of murder for hire, according to Jacqueline C. Romero, the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, uh, bet she's seen a lot. By his own admission, Ernest Presley is an incredibly dangerous individual with no qualms about accepting money to, calcu- to calculatedly 
Is that how you say that? And cold-bloodedly murder anyone, Romero said in a press release. You know, the guy's just trying to make a couple bills, all right? What are you going to do? What are you going to – because I had this argument with somebody the other day where it was like the, they, they were arguing, um, I hate when somebody's got a shitty attitude at McDonald's. Just do the fucking work, man. You're the one that took the job. It's like, okay, well, there's a thousand other jobs that pay you $16 an hour to live in one of the most expensive markets in America. Uh, or, you know, whatever you make to live in Pennsylvania. I think the minimum wage is like 8.25. All right, are you going to work at goddamn Quick Trip or are you going to kill a few people for money? That's the decision you need to start making as this country falls apart. Are you going to stock cans at Walmart and have to potentially get shot there? Or are you going to go out swinging a businessman and a productive member of society who's working, who's actually getting things done, who's making a difference, whether it be good or bad. That's the worst thing. They, you know, it's such a hack joke, but it's always said about, uh, about when you're in high school. You don't have to be the most popular. You don't have to be the most well-liked or the most important, but you don't want to be forgettable. And that's what, that's what this man, Ernest Presley, was thinking. He's going, do I want to work at the front desk of a hotel and sacrifice my mental health in this way to make no money and stay up every night? Or do I want to kill six people for millions of dollars? I am at the point where I'm going, huh? Okay. Okay. So I don't make enough money to afford my rent, but, but I don't have to take the chance of killing an innocent person. I want a shit ton of money, but I may have to take this job where um, it, I, I have to kill an individual who is being hunted by this person and being murdered for hire uh, by me because they uh, cheated on this person. Like there's always a chance that you're going to have to kill somebody who's not a bad person. But what do you get? You gonna like? What if you had to go? I'm not talking to most of my friends. Most of my friends are like have a starter job, uh, right out of college with a career that's gonna make them money. We're not talking about you. You can skip this part. All right. I'm talking about the folks that are uh, in the dirt, getting getting grimy, like me, just trying to make a buck out here. Should you consider murder for hire? Or are you going to go work at Amazon and have to piss in a box lined with plastic next to you? Uh, this, this country is at the point where it's like we might, we might have murder for hire on Indeed. Like you might see a commercial during an NFL game where it's like this girl, uh, it's that commercial of the girl who has a roommate who, play, who just started playing the drums. And they're like, need a new spot? willing to relocate. And then it's just, it just, instead of the girl cutting to an interview, it's just her dressed in all black, walking up, holding a gun in her waistband uh, towards a family of six, and then executing the father in front of all of them. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, what would you do? What would you do if, 
you were in this situation where it's like somebody was trying to murder you for hire, you would basically have to go into witness protection, I think, right? Because if somebody already has the money to pay one person to do that, like what would somebody even have to do to you for you to spend your whole life savings to go have somebody killed? And also, like you just forget it's a real thing. I've always heard on the dark web that you could hire a hitman and there's always that conspiracy theory like, oh, for $500,000, you'd get him to kill a member of Congress or something like that. I don't know. I don't think I believe that. But people like you and me, they'll they'll for sure kill when it's uh, $50,000, $100,000 involved. I think that absolutely uh, they try to or they they literally do murder politicians and journalists. But that's more like that's not Ernest Presley from Pennsylvania. That's not the guy outside of Wawa or Circle K. It's a highly trained individual. Oh, can't stop burping. I at least would like to get a satisfying good one out. This happens when I talk for 20 minutes straight. Mental illness. Didn't even notice we were at 21 minutes here. Was just going like that. Uh, let's move on to another story here. Here's one from KPNX Phoenix. They've always got some good stuff. Go. Go check out KPNX. They've always got something fucking nuts. And it's funny to listen to it in a uh, in like an Arizona local news tone that they do. Because it's just, it's just so low quality for these horrible crimes. This is a long one. So just hang in there, folks. Bear with me. I'll try not to stutter like an absolute dipshit like I did on the last one. Here's the headline. Arizona board overseeing criminally insane hasn't met in eight months. Here's why. There's, they're busy, man. They're fucking, they're, uh, you know. I, I've got nothing. What I, You have an important job. Why are you not there for eight months? A new notice posted on the Psychiatric Security Review Board's website makes it clear. No more meetings through the end of the year. The board known as the PSRB is supposed to meet each month to monitor the guilty except insane population. Guilty except insane population? State data from 2021 shows the board is overseeing 114 people, 100 at the state hospital, and 14 living in the community. The population is made up of people who have committed violent crimes like murder or aggravated assault and are sentenced to the state psychiatric hospital for the treatment. The last time the PSRB met was in January 2022. For each month since there have been meeting cancellations posted due to lack of quorum. That means the people under its watch and the victims of those violent crimes are stuck in limbo. Jesus Christ. Um, Humble used to be the, uh, sorry, I missed, a, I missed one here. I've got to say I'm disappointed, but I'm not at all surprised, said Will Humble. They have a statutory responsibility to make sure that when people are going to community placement, there's someone looking into how things are going. Is it still a safe placement for the community and the patient? No one has been looking at that for the past eight months. Humble used to be the director of Arizona's Department of Health Services. The department oversees the state hospital where there's a where the board is supposed to meet each month. So we've given up. Uh, we've given up, and I know I'm sort of beating a dead horse on this show by just constantly talking about the flaws that come up in this country. But I mean, true. Uh, what what do you what do you want to say about that? What do you want to say about the fact that you make no money and still 
your paycheck. Like I'll just I'll just be honest with you here to give you the perfect example of it, right? I live in Arizona and there is a certain standard here of how they keep up with say the the sidewalks, you know, the uh, public public transportation, the garbage, all of that is awesome. They do a really good job of that shit and that makes you go, okay, I'm willing to pay a little more in taxes, even though it is robbing the common man for the money he already doesn't have. If you take what I make, which is $18 an hour, and you subtract the taxes from that, it breaks down to about 15 an hour. Okay. So that means, that means one sixth of every hour I work is going directly towards Arizona. And we are releasing 114 murderers or violent crime committers back onto the street because these fucking assholes who make $100,000 a year for graduating with a hard degree in college are just, they just can't do it for eight months. They're just, they're just not available for eight months. It's, it's comparable to when uh, Pennsylvania cut back on their Department of Economic Security the year before COVID happened. The year before it happened, they cut it basically in half so that nobody, so the phones wouldn't even ring when you were trying to get through and you had no way of making up for your job that you were just uh, uh, let go from for, uh, you know, we don't even have to get into all this, but just the fact that that can happen blows my mind. The fact that there is a program put in place with taxpayer money and then uh, we have to pay these individuals taxpayer money for their salary month to month, year to year. And then they just go, oh, shit, shit. You know, it's my nephew's birthday on Friday. I'm not going to be able to be there, which means Susan's not going to be there because she's not authorized to uh, do the meetings without a supervisor yet. I say we just push it back to next month. What, what the fuck? Did, did I just not finish the article here? I try to take a big chunk of the article and put it in there for the details. And I must have just not gotten the reason that they haven't uh, that they haven't met for the last eight months. But the point is, that's just a sign of giving up. Okay, I don't have a car. I ride a I take the bus to work. And then the bus coming home is too goddamn terrifying. I already um, when, you know, I look like one of the Trump kids. So people just stare at me when I'm on the bus, like what is wrong with this person? They either think that they can rob me or that I'm going to shoot up the bus. Um, so I get to, what I'm saying is I get to see firsthand. And I think that I do have a better grasp than the average person who just basically gets to take a small house from place to place. Like you're not even when you're on the road next to people, you're right next to somebody in bumper-to-bumper traffic. It's not the same as even just skating past somebody who is screaming at no one at the bus stop with their shirt off. Like, it's really, um, you get to see firsthand that these people have been given up on and that now you go and read these articles and you go, there's there's nobody to, there's there's nothing left. There's no... What are you supposed to do? And people get into that conversation where it's like, you can only push the cops so far. Not, not a fan of the cops here as a guy that's been, uh, you know, detained at least once every year of his life, arrested for weed five times. I'm not trying to 
defend the cops who, uh, you know, wait outside of schools while children are being shot and then tackle the shooter to the ground once they know he's out of ammo. I'm not trying to defend all of that. But at the same point, at the same time, I'm one of those believers of the of the idea that we can't put social workers out there. Like we sort of need uh, some fucking asshole who was not good at algebra enough to graduate from college so that we can have people out there who are tough enough to deal with these guys. But there's also a point to that where you go, um, if you're not going to do anything to try and reform them, if you're not going to do anything besides release 100 of these people back into the community, or excuse me, it's it's 14 of them back into the community, 100 of them living at a hospital. But then uh, what is to say that the hospital isn't eventually just going to go, yeah, we got to cut some hours. Uh, I can't have you in, uh, Jeremy. I know you just uh, you lost your medication this week and you stabbed that person in the neck, but we're probably going to have to reconvene next month. Um, it's fucking wild. And I don't know that like we, we had, there's this idea that I constantly hear bantered about where eventually we will have no cops because they'll just be fed up with this sort of situation where it's like, all they can do is sort of arrest this person and release them onto the sidewalk so they can go back and potentially be stabbed by this person 12 hours later. If we're not going to have have a, a group of people who can meet once a month, just once a month, to decide, okay, does this person who drowned their baby in a washing machine, do they deserve to be back out on the streets or uh, should we should we probably do something? And then it's basically, it's like watching an NFL review with no definitive evidence. After review of the play, the woman who killed her baby uh, could not be met and discussed about this month. Therefore, we will replay the down and give the baby a chance to survive over the course of the next five years. Awkward pause there. I had to restart the recording, as you know. Uh, Basically, to sum it up, you you can go kill somebody and you probably will just be back at your apartment in two weeks. Uh, let's move on to another one here. This is, uh, you know, the the mental health as well as the IQ of the fans of this show. I know I berate you a lot for it, but also what are you doing listening to this? This is probably for you if you're a fan of the Joey Hates Everything podcast. Here's a article from Bloomberg Online. The headline reads, FDA says don't try the NyQuil chicken trend you saw on TikTok. Now you hope, I don't know, there are certain publications that I know a lot about, and then there's some that I just don't know much about, so I never know the credibility. And I feel like an idiot for not knowing uh, how credible someone like Bloomberg is because they are a pretty well-known website, a pretty well-known news source. That being said, so are the New York Times, and they lie about things. So is NBC News, and they aren't the greatest. But we're, you know, we play both sides here. We're we're in the middle. I'm a I'm a centrist. All right, we started this podcast as a full full blown lefty, and then the bullshit of all of COVID and Democratic politicians, and seeing the way that the left side acts has pushed me towards the middle. So we like to take some some stuff from CNN, some stuff from Fox. And then maybe some stuff from in the middle, which I don't know 
which side Bloomberg is on. I should probably look into it. Anyway, U.S. health regulators are warning about the dangers of the new TikTok challenge that has seen teens cooking chicken with the cold medication NyQuil. The so-called sleepy chicken trend involves cooking chicken breasts marinated in NyQuil in a pan. NyQuil contains acetaminophen, I got it, dextromethamorphin, and doxylamine. Uh, boiling the medication can change the concentration and properties of the ingredients. Wow, I know what I'm doing when I get home today. Even if you don't eat the chicken, inhaling the medication's vapors while cooking could cause high levels of the drug to enter your body, the statement explains. So this is sort of like when you cook when you cook weed, it changes the chemical structure of THC to be... I think it's like THC Delta 9 or something, not to be confused with THC Delta 8, which is a bullshit scam that your uh, state government is using to try and get you addicted to something that is not marijuana and still make taxpayer money off of a product that you could buy from some dude named Jake up the street. Uh, yeah, it's. I think this is one of those articles where it's like, are people actually trying this? Then you remember that people were actually eating Tide Pods for a while. I watched videos of it happening. Uh, that girl ate her tampon and died or something. Uh, people are stupid enough to do these things. But I think this is one of those articles where it's just meant to make people like, what, what the hell? The kids are doing fucking that sleepy chicken now? When I grew up, a sleepy chicken was when you, you put something in a girl's drink and then she sort of just roll around like a rubber chicken. And just, ah, ah, ah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Hashtag sleepy chicken. Gotta be the name of this episode. If you're, if you're pulling a sleepy chicken, I don't know if I can say this legally. Actually, I can because uh, something like parody law or entertainment or something like that says that I can talk about whatever I want. If it's under the guise of it being a comedy show, it's a comedy show folks. Uh, if you do a sleepy chicken, absolutely record it and send it to me. And we will put that on the fucking podcast. We're working on getting the YouTube. I say working on as if there's active work being done, but eventually there will be a live show. We will be doing uh, a streamed version of this show eventually and rest assured the audio of your sleepy chicken experiment will be put on the audio podcast. But then the first video that we do, this could be, this could be two years into the future. I could be 35 when this happens. You will be on video doing the sleepy chicken. I don't care if you wear a mask. In fact, wear some sort of chicken mask, do that. Um, but definitely, Definitely film yourself doing this and send it to me. Haha, <laughs> it's a joke. Not really. Or is it? Imagine them playing this in court and I'm just I'm just the defendant and across from me on the other side of the room is a is some 14-year-old of a coworker that showed this show to their little brother or little sister and tried the hashtag sleepy chicken and nearly died. And they're playing this from the podcast. And the, and the parents are staring at me going, I can't believe our son was coerced by this criminal into trying the sleepy chicken. Um, yeah, I don't, 
I am a degenerate that should should have been put down. Uh, probably would have been better for the world if I had overdosed in my drug phase uh, because I used to constantly get high on NyQuil. Constantly. There was a time in my life where I was a complete and utter piece of shit drug addict, just probably worse than anyone actually remembers because we were all so young. But I used to, I was on probation, so I get tested for weed. And to, I just, just a full on drug addict junkie, I would find other ways to get high. Like they can't, there's no way to test for LSD or mushrooms or stuff like gabapentin, uh, all this different shit. I used to do instead of smoking weed. So, I mean, I, if there's any parents listening to the show, uh, maybe some new parents, don't fucking hop down your kid's dick hole about weed. Just explain it to them. You should treat weed the way that American, uh, that, that Europeans treat alcohol. Like, don't make it a taboo. Don't make it secret. Just inform them about it. And if you smoke weed, do it in front of them. You know Why? They won't think it's it's that cool. They won't think of it as something that they have to sneak off and go do. Uh, and therefore, I'm sure you, you would rather have your child smoking weed than taking 14 dextroamphetamine pills at once so that they can see, dude, you see the most wild fucking shit on on uh, when you robo trip, that's what we used to call it. Um, and I love where the name of that com comes from. I, it's technically from it's Robotussin, you know. But I had this friend that used to say, "Yeah, we call it robo tripping because it makes you rock walk like a robot," and it absolutely does. Uh, you lose the ability to move the muscles in your upper legs, so you're just kind of walking like an old person. And all around you, I remember this, this, I never have gotten this from LSD, mushrooms, Molly, anything that you could hallucinate on. I've never had this before on anything besides robo tripping. I would constantly, if I looked off into the distance, like, let's say I could see, you know, a mile ahead or something, I would always see giant people walking around the trippiest fucking the trippiest thing ever. My brother had this little toy he used to play with when he was a kid. It was uh, it was like a plush plushy toy, and it was this dude with it. He sort of looked like Gumby. Picture Gumby, except he had bigger arms and bigger legs, and they had magnets on the end of them. They're just flat, and he had this triangle shaped head. The toy he had was about is about a foot tall, maybe weighed less than two ounces. I once robo-tripped so hard, I saw this motherfucker pick up a windmill and slam it into the ground. I'm not going to say you shouldn't try drugs because that's, that's so fun. That's so fun. If you can be one of those guys who doesn't freak out. You know, so if you're not a pussy, definitely try the, the Sleepy Chicken Challenge. Um, I can't even imagine. Robitussin is so strong. It gives you such a mental trip uh, when you get high off of it that I can't imagine changing the chemical structure so that all of a sudden it is basically PCP. <laughs> yo, yo, Trevor's out here getting wet, yo. Damn, dude, that's soaked in formaldehyde. 
And Trevor goes, nah, fam, something better. Something better. These are all white kids, by the way. This is absolutely a wigger thing to do. The sleepy chicken challenge. There are no black people doing it. Not ju- not because I think black people are smarter than white people. Because black people know that they would be clowned by everyone close to them. Even if they ended up in the hospital. Like they would be in the hospital and their cousin would be like, they would wake up and this is what they would see in here. Bat! <laughs> Motherfucking tried to sleep eat chicken. And it's just, it's just their cousins uh, and family members circled around them as they're on life support uh, with with phone cameras in their face. And motherfucker tried to sleep eat chicken, yo. And I, that is what should happen. That is what should happen. The black reaction to sleepy chicken is much is much more appropriate than the uh, white reaction to sleepy chicken, which would be like. The, the white kid posts on Instagram that, hey, I'm okay, and it's just a picture of them in a hospital bed. By the way, don't give in to those people. It's only white people that do it, by the way. So I feel like I can say this fully confidently, and like I don't care. No matter what, if somebody posts a picture of them in the hospital and it's just like, glad I'm okay, uh, this one could have been worse. What they're trying to do is get 13 people to DM them at once so that they can feel like people care about them, which there is nothing sadder, nothing more pathetic, and nothing that you should contribute to less. If, you're, if your family member wakes up in the hospital from hashtag sleepy chicken, you should absolutely, you should tell that person th- that you are neutral on the fact that they survived. Like, because now you're linked directly linked to a person who tried the sleepy chicken challenge and god forbid they did this uh without filming it they're even more of an idiot and that would what am i trying to say here what i'm trying to say is there's no chance that they didn't film it so you know that there's now ten thousand copies of this video of the person that you're related to hashtag sleepy chickening and almost dying you should bully that person for the rest of their lives. Um, they could be, I mean, I, it could be 20 years later and they're trying to give advice to their child in front of you and go, you go, hey, don't listen to this fucking dipshit. He almost died from mixing chicken with NyQuil. Um, that's really how you should treat people who act that way, in my opinion. Um. <clears throat> Should we do another fun one here? Should we do should we do something that really warms my heart? We did a very Pennsylvania story. Now let's just do a straight up American story. Here's one from littlethings.com. Never uh never heard of that one. The headline is Mom arrested and thrown in jail after complaining about vomit on her daughter's plane seat. Now I'm sure that this is one of those this clickbait articles. Uh, you know, I'm sure that it was not that deep. We're going to read the article here in a second. But also, flight attendants are the biggest cunts in the world, and it's not it's not a gender thing. I don't care if you're a he, she, they, zimzer, zabapa dupa binga. Okay, they're all dickheads, and there's a certain type of person that uh, becomes a flight attendant. There's this girl I used to work with who left her job, like a high paying job, slight pay cut to go be a flight attendant. I was just sort of like, ah, 
That makes sense. Like I just you I didn't even dislike her, but she was absolutely very cunty. Uh like one of those people I saw her with tears in her eyes. This is just a good example of of kind of how she was a cunt. Because like I, I liked her, but you can still you can like a person who's a cunt. There's multiple of them in my life. In my life, um, she one time I saw her with tears in her eyes, and I walked up to her and I was like, "Hey, you know, if you ever need somebody to talk to, I'm I'm definitely here for you. You can talk to me while you're at work. I see you're having a tough day." And her response. Like a normal person's response, even if they were uncomfortable by that, let's say you didn't like me and you thought I was a weirdo because I have a podcast um, and also just, you know, everything else about me. Let's say that I did that and it made you uncomfortable. The uncomfortable response for a person that doesn't know how to avoid awkward conversations uh, would be like, would be like this. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you, though. And then the, the conversation ends there. This lady goes, I go, so if you ever need to talk to somebody, just let me know, you know? And she goes, okay. Ma'am, did you want me to, 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 to fucking, what do they call it? Seppuku? Is that the Japanese thing where you shove a sword into your stomach and then just rip upwards? Did you want me to commit suicide on the spot? I've never, like, that's something that just makes me want to never talk to people ever again. Um, so that's the type of person that becomes a flight attendant, I guess. Let me get a drink of water here before I throw up. Hold on. Oh, I can't, I can't find it. Hold on. I think it's in the, hold on. Mm, ASMR water drinking right here. Mm. My dad used to get upset when I would when I would uh, swallow liquid loudly. He would. That's uh, the man's biggest flaw. Is he? It's actually like a mental thing, where if you chew too loudly or uh, swallow too loudly or anything like that, uh, perhaps you yawn at an inappropriate hour of the day. He's just he'll do one of these. Oh my god! You know. Like he does the same thing at, uh, I'm not, I uh, don't have that problem. So no, I do. I actually do. Like I do have that problem, but I don't, I can't make it known. Like I know that it's a problem and that normal people wouldn't get upset about that. So it's definitely happening in my head. Make absolutely no mistake. If you are chewing loudly in front of me or you're like, you're eating something with your hands, uh, you know, chicken wings or something that wouldn't be weird to eat with your hands and you're doing it with no shame. Um, I'm, I am not upset about you, but I'm doing the Sebastian Maniscalco in my head. I'm going, aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you, you know, there's other people in here, right? What the fuck are you doing? Like, uh, for example, this girl the other day at my, at my work, um, I've only seen these, I swear to God, like three times in my life. But if you go to a vending machine, sometimes there will be, imagine the thickness of like the average penis or a, or maybe a hot dog that you get at a stadium. Like it's a little bit, bit it's just girthier than a, than, um, you know, even what you would consider to be a large beef stick that you would get at the gas station. It's much bigger than a Slim Jim. It's like the, uh, you know, I don't know what else to compare it to besides that. 
Like it's got like the thickness and the circumference of a Powerade bottle or something like that. Um, it's just this big hunk of salt, processed pig asshole and preservatives and all the worst stuff you could get. And when you bite into it, it smells like a fat man's armpit. Okay. And this woman was just eating one, not even in the break room, not even on break, just this big house of a lady eating one while she's organizing jewelry. And, uh, you know, it just, it's just one of those things that makes you go, aren't you embarrassed? I don't, I don't remember how we got onto that one. The headline reads, mom arrested and thrown in jail after complaining about vomit on her daughter's plane seat. In 2021, a North Carolina woman found herself arrested after complaining about vomit on her daughter's plane seat. Rosetta Swiney, Swinney, we'll go with Swinney, and her 14-year-old daughter were on a Frontier Airlines flight from Las Vegas to Raleigh. Shortly after boarding, the young girl noticed something disgusting. Here's a quote from the mom. She felt something wet in her hand. She smelled it and said, oh, this is vomit, mommy, Rosetta told Inside Edition. Rosetta asked a flight attendant to clean up the mess, which is extremely reasonable. But the flight attendant reportedly told Ro- Rosetta that it was, wasn't her job. At that point, flight staff claimed Rosetta became disruptive. I, again, cunts. They called police to remove her from the flight, and officers arrested Rosetta in the terminal. She spent 12 hours in jail. That's more than I spent for a DUI and received a misdemeanor trespassing charge. Frontier refunded the cost of Rosetta's flight. In a statement, the airline wrote, The flight attendants apologized and immediately invited the mother and a teenage daughter to move to either end of the plane so that the seat area would be clean. The mother and daughter were also told that once the boarding was complete, the, the excuse me, they would be provided other seats of, of available. The daughter was also offered cleaning products and invited to use the laboratory to wash up. The mother was unsatisfied with the response and became disruptive. The flight attendants apologized and immediately invited. Oh, wait, sorry. That's the same quote there. Uh, bad typing there. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We weren't there, okay? So it's hard to say, yeah, the flight attendants uh, – responded irrationally after you read that they were offered to go sit somewhere else. Here's what you should do. I have worked in customer service for so long. I've dealt with so many different people who were so upset about so many different things. And I can tell you right now, the only reason that this woman, like the biggest mistake she made was freaking out on the flight attendant. Yes. The flight attendants are a bunch of lazy hungover whores, there's no, I mean, you know, <laughs> what are we supposed to deny there? You get a flight attendant job so that you can go drink in Miami once a month, get fucked and come home uh, in the same clothes that you wore last night while you are just uh, ignoring vomit and allowing children to sit in it. That's what they do. That's the type of people they are. However, this is what this woman should have done. She should have gotten up, gone to the other seat which God knows if there even was one. If there's not another seat, me and the flight attendant are fighting. Okay, I'm getting arrested in this situation if there's not another seat. Just to get off of the plane. Um, what you do is you go and you take the other seat and you just shut the fuck up. Then once you get off, you make the biggest stink about it possible. Like you, you, go, you threaten to go to the news like this lady did. 
or and and after this is after talking to the airport, the uh, flight attendants, your bank, uh, not the flight attendants, the fucking airline, your bank, who immediately will refund you for something like that. Guys, you can literally say, "Hey, I think my Uber was drunk," and they will give you your money back. Now you shouldn't do that because we are in the age of believing a consumer so they the consumer will come back and spend $30 in the next two months. Uh, we'll still fire the employee. Now you, you shouldn't lie about things like that. But if there is a service where you feel like you got fucked over, you, you just call your bank, man. I don't know. I don't understand how more people don't understand that. Um, that's what this lady should have done. She probably would have gotten all of her money back from the bank, as well as a ton of miles from the, uh, from the airline. And then at the end of the day, if you made, if you made me or somebody else in my family sit and vomit, I want you fired straight up. I'm the type of guy who, uh, you know, I, I get to a, let's say I'm going to pick up a sandwich at Jimmy John's and it's not ready. I'm not making a complaint about that. The guy making $14 an hour to, uh, clean up the, the remnants of sandwiches after a full day, as well as make them and serve them to the animals that live in this city doesn't deserve me reprimanding them or going to their boss and making a problem. If you sit and throw up, absolutely. Bro, I have wanted to, I'm not going to lie. Like I always say that I would never punch a woman in the face. I think that if you do so, I don't know if I could ever forgive somebody for that or really think of them as a normal person. Like it, what I'm trying to say is there are women that I have wanted to punch as hard as like, like I pictured my hand uh, uh, smacking into the bones of their face. Right. At the same point, I would never do it. Okay. I would never do it unless I was made to sit in bodily fluids because you were too, uh, last night drunk to, to make sure that this is not happening. There was, there was the last time I wanted to punch a flight attendant in the face. And again, it's all comedy folks. So I can't be put on the no flight list for this. My lawyer, my lawyer is a black man, uh, in a Midwestern state. So you should absolutely be scared if you're going to try and put me on the, uh, no flight, no flight list because Markel will take you down. He will. Um, but the last time I was on a plane, I hadn't slept in, I think it was about 30 hours maybe. I was in Pennsylvania for RJ's wedding and just just housing Adderall and not smoking weed and also drinking, which just destroyed my sleep. Just destroyed it. And I finally, this was when they were absolute cunts about the mask. I don't know if they still are right now. I haven't been on a plane in probably a year, but I had finally fallen asleep. I'm wearing dirty clothes that smell like RJ's dog. And I'm finally falling asleep with my mask just pulled under my nose. And I shit you not, a flight attendant smacked me in the shoulder. We're not talking about uh, like an aggressive, like if you were pissed at somebody that budged in front of you and you tap them on the shoulder with a little bit of aggression just to let them know you're there. This was a full on, like, like I'll make, I'll, I'll put my hand up to the mic and I'll slap it with the strength that, that this flight attendant smacked it with like that, like this woman full on assaulted me. Okay. 
She did. She assaulted me. And I almost cried. <laughs> Not because I was offended that this woman touched me. You're just going to, when you have some sort of shithead like a flight attendant, you're just going to get that. You should assume that. Um, the fact that this woman let me fall asleep and then smacked me on the shoulder for not having my mask over my nose almost made me stand up and commit an act of terrorism. I swear to fuck. So if I or like a, you know, a small child in my life that I care about had to sit and vomit, I might um, commit domestic violence inside of a plane in the air. That's the message I want to leave you with all today, um, is that you should absolutely not take shit from flight attendants. If they try and, if they try and arrest you, just, um, just say that you're on your podcast and that it's a joke because I'm, I'm fully convinced that the hours of talking about being drunk with a gun and committing felonies and, uh, making jokes about punching female flight attendants in the face this can all be covered and rolled over by telling a jury comedy show. That's what I would. That's my. That's what Markel would come in with as my lawyer. He would um, allow all of these. We would go second, probably. I think that's what the defendant does, and then he would walk up to the jury. He would do sort of like a Saul Goodman stance, like he gets his footing right, and then he just looks up and he goes, "Comedy podcast." And the jury not only starts cheering, um, but they then they then uh, start attacking and assaulting the family of the of the teenager that I coerced into trying the hashtag Sleepy Chicken Challenge. Oh, what a shit episode! I, what did we even talk about? I got four four stories in today. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit shorter one. I got to go to work and pop, probably get stabbed or paralyzed, so I'm gonna go do that. Hashtag Skull Vikes. Let's beat the Lions this week. Let's forget about the Eagles. Um, thank you for listening. And I hope you have a good motherfucking day, man.